Welcome to Changing the Narrative. I'm your host, Cecil Grant. The purpose of our podcast is to help shed light on a variety of topics with new lenses. Hopefully with deeper analysis and pointed questions that cause you to think about things differently. I'm not here to change your mind. I just want you to think for yourself. Enjoy the journey. Welcome to Changing the Narrative. I'm your host, Cecil Grant, until they fire me. Today's episode is titled, You're Big, You're Black, You Have a Deep Voice, You're Intimidating. I could be describing myself, but I'm not. In this particular episode, I'm going to discuss a 60-minute overtime video that has made its way around Facebook and other social media platforms that discussed Major Daniel Walker and his belief that racial bias in the military forced him to make the decision to leave the military. In his words, he could no longer stand the uphill battle. This could be a topic that could be discussed for hours. After discussing discussing racial bias, We could then spend another few hours discussing this interview, and in my humble opinion, its lack of depth, its lack of follow-up questions, its lack of presenting questions and getting answers from people who were basically being called out for their actions. On my Facebook page titled Changing the Narrative with Cecil Grant Jr., I will post a link to the very short CBS video that has my panties in a knot. If you have not had a chance to listen to the video or read the article, please do so. And let me know what you think about it in the comments section. I will also provide two links to other sites and I'll put those on my Facebook page as well. And they will provide you with a little bit more information about Major Walker and the topics that he discussed. Now the first link, and I'm not gonna read the entire link to you, but it's a Real Talk Race Diversity Air Force link, and you can just type that in on your search engine and you'll find it. And this is where Major Walker spends over an hour discussing issues growing up as, as in Texas as a black kid, issues he had at the Air Force Academy, being the only black player on the baseball team, as well as issues uh, he had in the Colorado Springs area. He also shares concerns and situations he and others have encountered in the Air Force. The second site is uh, uh, afterburner.com. And on this site, you'll learn about what Daniel Walker is now doing since leaving the Air Force. And you'll be able to see his resume that has propelled his career. I've spent a great deal of time researching Major Walker and the topic of racial bias. I have so many concerns about the interview this young man did. I believe CBS 60 Minutes did a terrible job interviewing him and actually looking for facts. I think they had their own narrative that they were trying to promote. There was a time when you could count on 60 Minutes to get to the truth or at least present both sides of the discussion. And that's really the only way you can change the narrative. Otherwise, with one tainted point of view, we silence the voices of others 
who might see things a little differently. I have issue with three main events that occur in the interview. I'll discuss two of the issues on this podcast. The third issue I'll discuss in a video that I'll post on my Facebook page. So be sure to go there and check it out. In preparing for this podcast, I listened to a great deal uh, of the five-minute video done by Major Walker. I mean, I listened to it more times than I care to repeat. But when you do that, you start to see more things, you start to hear more things, and you start to have more questions. And, and sometimes something like this, it shouldn't create the kind of questions and concerns I came up with. Major Walker stated that he and he believes other black military members have to learn to moderate their behavior to accommodate the biases of their white counterparts. There's no follow-up to that. What biases are you referring to? What behaviors are you being asked to modify? Major Walker in the recording, record the video recording of the interview stated he received feedback after either pilot training or fighter uh, school training, again, not really clear. Uh, and he was told, you're big, you're black, you have a deep voice, you're intimidating. If you want to move on, you have to do something about it. Now, I didn't go to journalism school, but some sort of follow-up needed to be done here. Did CBS attempt to find out who told this to Major Walker? Did they bother to break down this comment and figure out what Major Walker was talking about? I'm, I'm guessing no. So I'm going to provide some insight to the statement that Major Walker, an Air Force Academy graduate, had no problem making. Starting off with your big. He's 6'1", an athletic, I mean, he played baseball at the Air Force Academy, but he's not scary big. But either way, what's he supposed to do about that? You're black. Thanks for pointing out the obvious, but I can't change that. You have a deep voice. Well, most men do. Not a whole lot I can do about that. You're intimidating, okay? Now, if he and other black airmen who are considered intimidating because of the are considered intimidating because of the first three attributes mentioned, then his and every black man's Air Force career is over before it starts. However, if he's intimidating because he's basically an asshole, then he needs to fix that. The only thing said that talked about race was you're black. Nothing else stated had anything to do, has anything to do with race. I know plenty of big men of all races. I, in fact, was considered big because back in the day, I was pretty muscular. Now, I'm only like 5'7", five, 5'8", five, on a good day. But I was, I was, and I'm still pretty thick, but in my 20s and 30s, I was a big guy. Power lifted, you know, lifted weights, played football. I was a big kid, and, and my size, for some people, was intimidating. 99.99% of the men I know have deep voices. 
Right now I see people in my head who I know are the nicest, best people you'd want to know. But because of how tall they are, and sometimes the way they carry themselves, you might be intimidated when you see them. And guess what? I've been told I'm intimidating, or that I appear to be mean and unapproachable. Sometimes that's because I want to appear that way and don't want to speak with people. Other times it's a defense mechanism. I appear intimidating, but inside I want to crawl under the table, not because I'm afraid of of the people in the room, but because it's always scary for me to enter a room, specifically if I'm unfamiliar with most of the people present. Nothing to do with the color of my skin. The attempt is being made by Major Walker to equate physical attributes to race, being big, having a deep voice. He goes on to state that he always, he's always been treated differently than white pilots. To me, always is a big, broad brush, considering when he spoke to General Webb, he said he loved pilot training. He goes on to state that the way you stand, the way you walk, the way you sit, the way you speak, they are subjectively rating you to others in the sort of unofficial grapevine of evaluation. Excuse me? The military, more so than most organizations, constantly evaluates its members. They conduct physical fitness tests. You're evaluated on what is called military decorum. Is your uniform sharp? Does your haircut meet the the set military standards? The list goes on. I recall going into the office of of an officer at the academy, and I just, when he told me to come in, I, I just walked in and sat down. And he made it clear, you don't do that. And he was preparing me for my time when I became an officer so I wouldn't make that mistake. To this day, I wait to be told to sit down if I'm in the office of someone who outranks me. This was a behavior issue he was correcting and had nothing to do with race. We have to be careful that we do not get into the habit of confusing poor behavior with racism or racial bias. We have to be careful not to imply that certain physical attributes are only had by persons of a certain race. My second issue, and and this one is this one, I'm, I can't stop thinking about it. The second issue is I have, have is with the heads up, air quotes, about pilot training given to cadets by other academy graduates who were pilots. Because no real depth is provided or asked about, I can only make some, some general assumptions going forward. These are, however, based on my knowledge of how things work at the Academy. I'm assuming that a meeting sanctioned by the Academy was held on Academy grounds and provided black, pilot-qualified seniors the opportunity to speak with or hear about the experiences of fellow black grads who had successfully completed pilot training. Now imagine being a young cadet. You know, you know, you know you're going to pilot training after you graduate. You've got your pilot slot picked out. You know what base you're going to. This is something you have worked so hard to achieve these past four years. And you're about to embark on the adventure of a lifetime and achieve the dream of your dream of your lifelong dream of becoming a pilot. And these former cadets, now Air Force pilots, enter the room. They've got their wings on their chest. And after some small talk and introductions are made... 
this is the message you're given by black graduates who are now pilots in the Air Force. And these words were the written version of what Major Walker said. And I quote, Walker recalled black veterans cautioned Walker that he would be treated differently because of his race. They're going to treat you poorly. When you wash out, they're probably not going to keep you in the Air Force. Now in the 60 minute video, again, the 60 minute overtime video, Major Walker's actual words go further, but the paraphrase, and if you want the exact words, go to the video and listen to exactly what he says. But as I said, I'm paraphrasing. He says, and I paraphrase, they're going to treat you poorly when, when you wash out, they're probably not going to keep you in the Air Force. So if you go, don't go there trying to get fighters, but better still, you should just not go. Let those words sink in. You've been at the academy four years, dreaming every night about going to pilot training. You finally have your slot. You finally know your date when you're going to report. You, 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 you've done everything. You're doing more. You're trying to get more info, making sure that you go there and you do the best. And this is the message you get? This is a heads up that you get from academy graduates to try to motivate you? And Major Walker made the same statement to General Webb in their interview, but he softened it a bit. And I, in the context of when each interview took place, I think the, the interview with General Webb took place first, and then the 60 Minutes interview was second which creates some other problems in my head, but I'm not going to share them with you because I'm not positive. I, I can't prove them. But he made the same comment to General Webb in, in their interview, but he softened it by saying, when you wash out, they'll probably put you in finance. So just cut out the middleman and don't go to pilot training. And General Webb, Webb barely reacted or responded to that statement. My disappointments are many. While at the academy, did you or any of the other cadets tell anyone about the air quotes message you heard? CBS did ask if the message deterred Walker from going to pilot training, which in my opinion was a dumb, was a dumb question since he clearly went to pilot training and successfully completed it. What should have been asked was did the message deter other classmates from going to pilot training? How was this message allowed at the academy? Is General Webb taking any action to address these quote-unquote conditions at pilot training, even though these events and this message are over 11 years old? Could we or should we assume they still exist? These conditions? General Webb is in charge of Air Education and Training Command, and again, I don't know if he's still in the military as of this recording, at the time that he did the real talk video with Major Walker, uh, he indicated he'd been in the military 40 years. 
but I would assume that military training, which would include pilot training, would fall under his, his, his wing. But more specifically, why would a group or single graduate from come back to the academy and basically dash the hopes and dreams of so many cadets? If a single person had a bad experience, there are a number of ways to share that without literally telling these aspiring young future officers to not go to pilot training. I personally fired off an email to a committee at the academy that helps mentor and guide young black cadets concerning this matter. It was interesting to discover that Walker was the president of this organization while at the academy. So I'm assuming this organization was responsible for setting up this meeting, which contained this inspiring message. So even though there are biases in the military, it appears that black airmen are doing their part to discourage and prevent other black airmen from moving upward and onward. If what these black airmen said is true, in my opinion, is criminal. So let's talk a little bit more about Major Daniel Walker. Major Walker grew up and was raised in Dallas, Texas. Um, his great uncle was a Tuskegee Airman, a decorated hero in World War II, which was the inspiration for him to want to become a fighter pilot. Um, after doing research, he decided he would go to the Air Force Academy or wanted to apply and was accepted to go to the Air Force Academy. When he got there, um, he played baseball for four years, lettered for four years, the four years he played. Um, he, at some point during his academy career, was offered the opportunity to take a defense language test and he did very well and then was put into a class to learn how to speak Chinese. Um, after, and, and he also has learned some other languages. After graduating from the academy with an opportunity to go to pilot training, he also got his master's degrees. I believe it's in public administration, but I don't know where he got it from. But uh, he went to pilot training, graduated the top 10% of his class, was offered the opportunity to fly F-22 Raptors, which is a fighter jet, uh, the newest fighter jet in the inventory at the time. Um, went to the Raptor training school, did well there. Um, I believe he's, he's got over 700 hours in the, in the aircraft. And during his six years flying Raptors, Major Walker served on multiple deployments around the globe to include combat sorties in support of Operation Inherent Resolve. He was the youngest pilot to lead a Raptor formation into combat against the ISIS. He also had the honor of serving in numerous leadership roles to include Chief of Scheduling Operations, Alaska NORAD Raptor Alert Detachment Commander, and Air Crew Flight Equipment Flight Commander. None of this is mentioned in the 60-minute piece. And again, it's only five minutes. And I did mention to somebody that 
the 60 minutes piece is only five minutes, there's probably two to three hours worth of tape that did not make it into this piece. But again, I don't know, I can't prove it. Um, uh, in the 60 minutes piece, Major Walker indicates that he had been accepted to Harvard Law School, which he was probably going to attend when he leaves the Air Force. Although he had not responded back to Harvard because he was waiting to hear back from other law schools. And he, I think, made the decision to either defer law school or while he's going to law school, he's also doing professional speaking with the Afterburners organization, which commands twenty to thirty thirty thousand dollars per speaking engagement, and these speaking engagements are directed at um, businesses, corporate America. You talk to mid-level managers, you know, about training. You know, basically, the things that he learned as a military officer, he's important importing that into these these folks um, as they develop their plans of whatever they're trying to do. Having heard all that, I, I have to ask, and again, when you go to my Facebook page, please provide me with your input as to where, when was Major Walker exactly held back? And what do a lot of his complaints that he made in these interviews have to do with race? As, as, as it pertains to the military. And he made, he's made a lot more comments. He, he's made other comments. I'm not going to reiterate all of them here. But you'll see them and hear them in the videos. And again, if, if I'm missing something... Please point that out to me. I'd like to hear it. As I mentioned earlier, his great uncle was a Tuskegee, a decorated Tuskegee Airman. I can't imagine the uphill battle that he went through in his endeavors, not only to become a Tuskegee Airman, but as he had to live in the community that despised black people, who took out their aggressions on black people and were allowed to openly I hear Major Walker saying I can no longer stand the uphill battle of racial bias in the military and I think about my father and my father-in-law who were in the military in the 50s and 60s and 70s who actually can tell you stories of actual discrimination in the military inability to be promoted because of the color of your skin you know, all of that stuff, real, real issues. And yet you can't handle the uphill battle. We can't seriously combat something such as racial bias when the featured person, and that person being Major Walker, has an over-the-top good resume slash track record. We can't allow physical attributes or things a person cannot change to, to be labeled as racial issues. 
mainstream media, and specifically in this matter, CBS and 60 Minutes, has to do a better job with follow-up questions and getting the other side of the story and digging a little bit deeper simply into asking questions. What do you mean? What, what are you supposed to change about being big, black, and having a deep voice? Those are things you cannot change. Who told you that? Key buzzwords, safe words like, we're going to have a tough conversation. This is a tough conversation. Or this, this is a safe place. Or we need a safe place. And you, I need you to listen. We need to listen to each other. Um, that's, that's, all, that's all real nice. That does nothing to show the energy or time and effort needed to address real issues. It, it is pointed out, and I believe in the 60 Minutes piece and in the written article of the 60 Minute Overtime piece, that the U.S. Air Force Inspector General released a survey on racial disparity at the end of the, the year. And it found that two out of every five blacks in the Air Force do not trust their chain of command to address racism, bias, and un, unequal opportunities. The study also reported that three out of every five black uh, Air Force service members believe they do not receive the same benefit of the doubt as, benefit of the doubt as their white peers if they get in trouble. That should have been something discussed, or and they should have found folks who who have those issues to feature them versus Major Walker. It's 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 just disturbing that to me that you know. And he points out some other things where he mentions that there is a black fighter pilot who says being a fighter pilot is demoralizing. We need to talk to him. We need to we need some input from him. What what why is it why is it demoralizing? What is happening where you're at? Whereas a black fighter pilot, you're demoralized. And determine if it's because of race or something else. And then we can, we can know which way to proceed. I believe he makes a comment in the Real Talk video with uh, General Webb that a black fighter pilot said, being a black fighter pilot, this is the worst time of his life. Why? Find that guy. We should have featured him. Because there's nothing about your resume that indicates any kind of disparity, any kind of, you know, you, you, any kind of being held back or put back because of your race. And I blame part of that on 60 Minutes and I blame part of it on Major Walker. And it hurts, it hurts the discussion and it taints the narrative as it relates to race. Because I will be the first to tell you, real issues of race are out there and they do exist. And for those of you in the back row who have your own agenda, who think I have a, you know, don't, don't have a rational thought on my head as it relates to this issue, I'll repeat it. Real issues of race are out there and do really exist. 
and not just in the military. But what we need to do is stop throwing everything someone says happens to them into the blender of racism so we can shove it down the throats of everyone who is not a minority. And until we do that, until we fix that, the narrative will never change. Thanks for listening to Changing the Narrative. Be sure to check out my Facebook page for more insight, videos, and website links. My Facebook page is Changing the Narrative with Cecil Grant Jr. Please be sure to like and subscribe to this podcast, as well as provide comments in the comments section on my Facebook page as well as any ideas you may have for future episodes. We'll talk to you soon.